Hi, welcome to Living Well with Caitlin, a podcast with me, Caitlin Sule. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist who specializes in using cognitive behavioral therapy and positive psychology to help people learn to let go of the ways of thinking and being that are holding them back or keeping them stuck from living their best life. In this podcast, I use my voice to share tips and tools from my own clinical experience, interviews from experts in the field of psychology, and my own personal insights around mental and emotional wellness to help support us learn to live well with whatever life throws our way. Hi friends, it's really good to be here today in my upstairs home office quiet, which is rare, as you know, if you're a parent right now and you have all the time you ever imagined with the family. So it's good to be here. To be totally honest, um, I haven't had the energy to record a podcast in a while. Um, I feel like it's been all I can do just to take care of my physical self because I haven't felt great over the past couple months. You know, some of it's been my health, some of it's been anxiety, some of it's just been life. Um, I've had really good days and hard days. And so just trying to see clients and take care of the family and, you know, spend some time with my loved ones, it's just a lot. So I'm trying to give myself the grace, just like I teach my people, right? Give myself the grace to only do what I can and to only do what serves me. And, you know, I feel ready to record this podcast. I feel excited to be back. And I want this podcast to be a place where I'm not doing it out of duty or obligation because that's not what it's about. It's about me um, wanting to share some things with you and wanting this to be, um, if anything, a little bit of time for you to reflect and think about your own life and inspire you to move towards wellness. So having said that, here we are. I, um, for this episode, want to kind of just do a general COVID-19 check-in, which sounds so weird, I know. Um, I I imagine, you know, kind of as if you guys were here in the room with me and we were just like, how are you doing? Like, how are you really actually doing? Not like, good, fine, could be worse, right? Like, inside, how are you really doing? And I know that's um, a really fluid situation right now as we're, things change from day to day. So we're going to do a check-in. I'm going to talk about some of the things I've been reflecting on when it comes to the pandemic and want it to be an invitation for you to do the same, for you to think about how it lands for you, how you can relate or not relate. Um, And then I am going to move into um, these because I think so much of the pandemic um, or so much of the experience of the pandemic has left people feeling anxious. And that's something that many people haven't felt before. Maybe they have at different points in their life, but it's not been this amplified or for this long of a period. So I want to share the top five things that I think we need to know about anxiety in order to heal or move towards healing. Now, these five things that I share, you can also find in my free um, mini guided workbook that I just um, put out in the world. It's on my Instagram page at livingwell underscore with Caitlin. It's on my new website. Yay, I got my website updated. It looks great. Thanks to Brandon and Trace Creative. 
anyway, check her out. She does beautiful work. But um, getting back on track, my website or my Instagram page, you can find this free mini guided workbook um, where these five anxiety truths live, but also some exercises to move through to help kind of um, inspire or guide you towards healing your relationship with anxiety and worry. I wanted to create that um, free resource because I know so many people are struggling right now and I and, and I wanted to be able to share, kind of give people a taste of what my webinar is like and what working with me is like, of the kind of um, style of therapy that I do when it comes to anxiety treatment. So, okay. I want to share, I, I jotted down a couple notes about um, my reflections on, on where I'm at um, and maybe where you might be at, I don't know, um, with this whole pandemic situation. Um, gosh, it's been eight weeks or more, uh, maybe a little more since it began impacting us here in California. I know it was already other places in the world and, uh, but yeah, it's been about eight weeks at least since we've been in our like lockdown and, um, or stay in place orders, whatever we're calling it these days. Um, here's just some of my thoughts. It really bugs me when people call this the new normal. Um, I've heard other people say this too, but here's why, like, I don't think there's anything normal about this. I don't think there's anything normal about seeing your neighbor and purposely crossing the street. Um, I don't think there's anything about not being able to hug your parents or your grandparents or send your kids to their safe place to school. There's nothing normal about the um, insanely increased rates of domestic violence or sexual abuse that are happening because people are staying home. Um, and being forced to stay home in really unsafe situations. Gosh, there's just nothing freaking normal about this, you guys. And I also believe that we are going to, that the landscape of what we know is changing and it's forever changed. Um, I wrote about this on my Instagram page a bit, a, a while back. It's like, you know, I kind of compare it to after 9-11, every, everything so much changed, right, about the world, and um, we didn't expect it to go back to the same the way it was before, and we can't with this either. So some things are going to be really different. I recognize that, and I think it's important, but this isn't normal right now, and so it's okay if you're not, like, buying into that this is the new normal. It's like, but here's what's maybe more true. Here's what's maybe more true, and here's what I do buy into is that we are freaking really resilient people, um, that, that the human race as a whole is incredibly resilient and we're figuring out ways to do the best that we can within like our, our, um, our own little worlds, right? Our micro world and then the bigger macro world. I mean, without getting into politics, I won't go down that rabbit hole. Maybe not everything's going the best, right? But we are doing the best that we can. Um, I love that Fred Rogers quote, um, you know, look for the helpers. Um, I didn't say that exactly right, but the idea is that, um, we'll always find in times of strife and times of struggle, if you keep your eyes and ears open and your heart open, you will see the people that are helping, right? And we don't have to look very far right now to see that. We look at our hospitals, we look at our neighbors who are nurses or firemen or policemen or grocery workers or delivery people. Like, 
there are good people everywhere doing the best they can, right? Um, or somebody who's offered to deliver groceries to their elderly neighbors. Like, we don't have to look far to see that. So we are resilient people. This isn't normal, but we are resilient. We are strong. We are capable. And we can be fluid. We can adjust. We can learn to change the way that we do things. Um, you know, at first I think there was this like dig in your heels and resistance to this, this can't be happening. Why this can't be that bad. And some people did minimizing. Actually, some people are still really minimizing and that's a coping mechanism, right? I, I'm doing my best to not judge other people's coping. Um, but it's hard, right? There's minimizing, there's catastrophizing, um, and then there's the in-between. So people are coping with it differently. Um, but I think we've gotten to this point where we recognize like this is happening. This is real. At least I hope you realize this is real. I don't think you'd be listening to this podcast if you thought this was all some big scam, which, um, yeah, so this is real, right? Um, and we can get through it and we are getting through it. Um, you know, I think that the thing, this is my other thought is, um, you know, kind of feeding into how everyone is coping different with the pandemic, um, because everyone is in very different situations. Some people live on their own. Some people, um, you know, haven't seen anybody in days. Some people are living with their family and kids and they can't get any alone time or it's really hard to get alone time. Some people are unemployed and some people can't put food on the table. Some people are essential workers and still have their job, you know? So everyone's in different situations and also coming at this with very different abilities and coping skills. But I think the thing that unites us all is both the sense that this experience as a whole is not all good and it's not all bad, bad, it's not all bad, it's not all good, it's not all bad, it's not black, it's not white. Um, There's this gray area where, you know, I think we can find some good and definitely plenty of hard. And so let me be really clear, people getting sick and dying isn't good at all and it's terrible it's tragic and there's a lot of people in pain or in fear right um but the not but maybe and right and the way in which some of us have had the time if if we're afforded the time and the privilege to slow down and get some perspective on what actually really matters in our life is really powerful or you know, maybe getting perspective on what is within our locus of control and what is is not. My mom always said that growing up and um, now as a therapist, that's a really kind of so much of the work I do is helping people figure out what is within their locus of control, which is pretty small, <laughs> and everything else, right? That outer circle. If you've, if you've done this exercise before on paper, you draw a little circle. This is within my locus of control. And then the big outer circle is kind of everything else. Right now, not that we want to turn a blind eye or be naive to what's going on in the greater, bigger world, but if we are really trying to um, facilitate or foster good mental health and emotional health for us and our family, we better be focusing on that little bubble, what's within our locus of control. So thanks, Mom, for that one, because that one's always stuck with me. Um, you know, and then this other thought I had is that COVID has been this this great magnifier. I don't mean great like good. I just mean like this big magnifier, right? Um, in the sense of whatever we're struggling with in our life, 
maybe we is like is now magnified, right? And maybe we've been able to bury it under our to-do list or our busy, fast-paced life or blame it on the kids or their schedule or our work schedule. We can't do that anymore. There's nowhere to bury these things. So whether it's like your primary relationship, your marriage, um, your not so healthy coping styles, your inability to sit still with complex or difficult feelings. It's all there for us to see right now. And there's really no reprieve from it. So it's like, that's been really hard. I know for me and, and incredibly, um, powerful. I, I, that word, I keep using that word, but I can't think of something else right now, but it's, it's been an opportunity for me to look at the hard thing. And I think for so many of my clients that's come up too, is like, shit, I can't hide from this anymore. Right? Like I see my poor coping so clearly my relationships now are affected by my poor coping maybe. Right. Or, um, I'm finally getting a chance to spend more time with my partner or my kids and, and, um, and, and that can be really great, but it can also allow them to see the parts of me that aren't so put together or, um, which is, you know, which is just real life. So I think whatever we're dealing with, whatever we were dealing with before COVID, we're still dealing with, but we're getting to actually see it more than we ever did before and our loved ones are getting to see it so magnifying glass up to our problems right which isn't a bad thing I invite you to think of it as an opportunity um, to lean in and to see what's really going on there um, because you know I, I don't know who said it and I've said it before on this podcast because I love it hard isn't bad hard is just hard it was hard isn't bad hard is just hard so if we can start to look at the stuff that's coming up under that magnifying glass as an invitation for us to do our work you know I'm not saying to blow up your life right now because there's enough going on right but if we don't take this opportunity now to deal with the hard stuff in our relationships or in our own self when are we going to Like, when are we ever going to have this time or chance to slow it way down and to look in the freaking mirror, right? Looking in the mirror is hard when we don't have the, um, when we don't have the distractions, right? Like we might before COVID have been able to look in the mirror and see something hard. And I'm obviously using that as a analogy, right? Look in the mirror and see something hard about ourselves or our relationship. But then, you know, the kids had homework. So we're able to just go over there and do that. Or we had to be to that dinner. So we could just like very quickly move to the next thing. We don't have those things anymore, barely, right? So, okay, good. This is hard. Now we're getting somewhere, right? This is hard. Let's use this as an invitation to look at that hard thing. I have had to do this work myself and I'm going to, I I was just putting together a, I've been putting together this week, a blog post for the um, American Association of Anxiety and Depression. Um, And I did some reflection on my own story and how I'm coping. And it made me think about this, right? Like I've had to do my own work. Um, and get a handle on a couple of things or start to get a handle on a couple of things in my own personal life 
And that's vulnerable to talk about, but I think it's important to talk about um, because I know I'm not the only one struggling with these things, right? Because I, I get the opportunity to see that bigger perspective picture because I work with people who are struggling with all these things too. Um, so I don't feel alone in it. I guess I was more surprised by my struggle because, you know, there's this um, faulty belief that I was holding on to very tightly that because I have the knowledge, because I'm a therapist, because I'm an expert in anxiety, that somehow, like somehow I was immune to experiencing it or I, or I, I could handle it. I didn't need help. Right. Um, and luckily for my own therapist and loved ones in my life, but because, let's be honest, my own therapist who said like, Hey, like, very gently, Hey, like just because you're a therapist doesn't mean you're immune to the struggle. Like newsflash, right? So here I am working on sitting with my own anxiety. Um, I've always, I've managed it really well and I actually didn't really see it as anxiety. Uh, we can't see our own stuff sometimes. Let's just be real, right? That's very true. Um, but when it comes to things that are out of my control, especially my health, throughout different times in my life, I've struggled. And, and so that's my struggle right now. Um, and I'm, and I'm doing it. I'm walking through it. I'm facing it. I'm, I'm meditating. I'm breathing. I'm, I'm inviting myself to sit with uncertainty. Um, I'm trying to take care of myself and only listen to the news when I need to. Right. Um, and lean into the good stuff, um, lean into spending more time with the kids and lean into turning off, you know, putting down the phone and turning off the computer and setting up some good boundaries around my, my work, my work life. Because when I don't, that's when things get messy and that's when I start to struggle and start to get more anxious. So there's a little sort of, um, window into what I'm working on in my own personal world. So when I say the great magnifier thing, I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about everyone. It's an opportunity to look at our own stuff. Um, the last thing I want to say about COVID before I go into my top five things to know about anxiety, um, is that we're all, united by one thing right now I think I pointed out earlier that you know many of us are in different specific circumstances when it comes to how the pandemic's affecting our our life but the thing that's uniting us right now is uncertainty and for me the work I do as an anxiety you know specialist and as a therapist just whatever right emotional or mental health issue you're dealing with uncertainty is such a common theme uncertainty is the great trigger and so um we this mini guided workbook I wrote is really all based on helping people learn to sit with uncertainty and do the practice of welcoming uncertainty when I created it when I do this podcast and really all my work I'm not just like spewing out knowledge right that or research or something that somebody else wrote like yes that's there right but I'm also coming from a place of what's helpful for me as a human being what have I been able to implement in my own life and what am I practicing um, and I think that's made the work so much more powerful okay so let's go into um, you know I hope I hope that gave you a chance and maybe 
I said so much that you haven't even had a chance to think of your own thoughts, but hopefully after this podcast, um, you'll take some time to consider where you sit with all this. Like what has the pandemic brought up for you in your own life? What has it magnified? What, what great things has it magnified? You know, what relationships have been strengthened or what things have been strengthened in your life? What do you notice is weak and needs some work? Okay, let's shift. Um, A not so graceful shift, but let's shift. Let's talk about the five things to know about anxiety um, to help you heal your relationship with it. Here's where this comes from, by the way, is this um, um, belief that I hold that the struggle with anxiety is not about anxiety itself. Um, as we know, anxiety is a natural human emotion that everybody experiences and it's critical to our survival, but it's our relationship with anxiety that causes the distress. So you can find all this in my mini guided workbook. Check it out. Number one, anxiety is a superpower. We all have it and we need it to survive. We cannot get rid of it completely nor would we want to. It's primitive and protective and the goal to get rid of anxiety is flawed. So let's shift our goal to instead learning to live well with with worry. That's my whole basis, right? Like if you look at my, my webinar, my workshops, my groups, my writing, it's all living well with worry. Um, because when we make the goal to get rid of, we send the message to our brain um, that the, that anxiety is dangerous and bad and we need to be afraid of it. Therefore, it's something that we must get rid of where if we can actually lean into it and ask it to be there and be with it, we actually send the really helpful message to our brain. I can handle this. I've got this. I can do this. Okay. Anxiety truth. Number two, some of us have more anxiety than others. This is due to biological or environmental factors or past traumatic events. Some people just experience more what I call false alarms than others. In other words, the brain hears the sound of the alarm and assumes it's a real fire opposed to burnt popcorn. Number three, the more we resist it, the more it will persist. And that sucks. I know, but it's true. The more we push back on our anxiety or try to avoid it or distract or numb it away, the stronger our anxious thoughts and feelings become. This is because the problem isn't anxiety itself. Remember, it's a superpower, but it's our relationship with that's problematic. And I, blah, what was that? It's our relationship with it that's problematic. I talked about that before. So we need to work on shifting our mindset from resisting to welcoming welcoming anxiety this is number four welcoming anxiety is a crucial part of healing our relationship with worry it means we let it come on in we declare anxiety i've got the driver's seat you can come along but you're sitting shotgun today (laughs) welcoming is a bold posture when our anxiety gets big we get bigger i want you to imagine that when your anxiety gets big you get bigger you get taller and stronger and more in charge. And then lastly, number five, healing our relationship with anxiety takes time. You know this already, but you didn't learn to crawl, walk, or do anything else that, it, you know, any other abilities overnight. 
Our mental health, just like our physical health and our abilities, is reliant upon our willingness to practice the skills and to get back up when we fall down or get off track. So be as gentle with yourself as you would a toddler learning to walk. Shaming and blaming yourself will keep you stuck and in pain. I often refer to um, this as being a practicing human. We are all practicing humans, whether we're, you know, practicing humans before the pandemic, in the pandemic, we'll always be practicing humans. And it's important that we give ourselves permission to evolve and change and fall and get back up. So there they are, my five, like I think really five top truths about anxiety that I think once we can know or we can believe or lean into, we can actually start to do the work of shifting or changing our relationship with anxiety. Um, so yeah, there that is. I want to invite you to do a little bit more work on this. If you are interested, you can of course download the free workbook on, like I said, on my Instagram page or website. Um, you can also go to my website and sign up for my Living Well with Worry webinar. I'm offering it on a monthly basis right now, but you can also buy the recorded version. I'm going to have a webinar that just lives on my website pretty soon that you can purchase anytime. Um, that comes with a, a different workbook. Um, it also comes with the opportunity to ask me questions and answers. Um, and have a follow-up with me. So check that out on my website. If you're interested in potentially doing a group when it comes to this, which is more of a workshop form in the sense that we get to um, ask each other questions, you get to do practice in between sessions. It's a six-week group. Um, sign up on my website. I will start that group as soon as I get the minimum amount of people needed to start the group. So um, there's lots of ways to do the work around healing your relationship with anxiety or just taking care of your mental health outside of the therapy room. I love therapy. I am a therapist. I'm a huge advocate for it clearly, but I'm not naive enough to think that the only place people can do the work is in the therapy room. So any of those options, check out my website. I also am offering, of course, one-on-one -on -one therapy sessions virtually right now. Um, you can, I think I have a couple openings. I've added a couple's time slots. Um, so you can sign up on the website. You can also check out the therapist on my team. She's got some time slots too. And that's it. I'm out of breath. Um, I'm out of ideas, <laughs> out of thoughts. Thank you for being here with me today. Um, and we'll be in touch next week. I'll be back on. I have an interview I'm going to share with you with one of my favorite therapists on Instagram. So stay tuned. Cheers, you guys. Thanks for being here today and for taking the time to listen. I hope that this podcast found you exactly where it needed to today and that it gave you some more clarity or information around a topic that you've been curious about and then inspired you or has you thinking about taking action in some way. If you want some more resources or more content like this, head over to my website, PetalumaCBT.org. You can find information about my practice, what it working one-on-one -on -one with me or another therapist on my team. You can also sign up for my monthly newsletter, which is a great resource for you, um, CB, giving you CBT-based tips and tools around wellness. And you can also follow me, of course, on Instagram at livingwell underscore with Caitlin, where I post on the daily. Cheers. Thank you.